The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. And welcome in. Late Kick is live. It is Sunday night, March 20th, the year of our Lord, 2022, jam-packed with college football. Imagine that. People like us, allowed, free and clear to talk about college football in the month of March. Hey, we're high atop a sun-soaked downtown Nashville, Tennessee. We have sprung forward. Even the calendar has to admit it's spring now. We got a loaded show. I loved what we did the other night so far, and apparently you did too, judging by the metrics, that we're doing it again tonight. I'm opening up the mailbag. And in true form, you guys have submitted a batch of questions that's going to take us all over the place. We're going to talk about surprise hires. We're going to talk about the most impressive individual performances we've ever seen. Several comeback teams in 2022, the year of our Lord to talk about. Also, it's time to resurrect some rivalries tonight. Uh, Miami gave us a little tidbit I'm going to show you at the end of the show. It just happened like in the last 30 minutes. You give us love, we're going to give you love. Circle of life, baby. That's how it works. Uh, we are so happy to have you tuned in. You will never guess where they're tuned in tonight. Colin, Jesse, as sure as I sit here, they are watching us in Cape Town, South Africa. So that's our international shout out for the night. Also, then we're going to go extremely regional here. Brookhaven, Mississippi, Notches, Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're tuned in. Now, you may wonder, why did you just focus on one little bitty portion of the country there? It's probably where I'll be in about 48 hours. We've got a big, severe weather set up. You know that I dabble in storm chasing, and by dabble, I mean dive into it in the spring. So if you guys live down there in southwest Mississippi, maybe down in the uh, Baton Rouge area, could find our way down there. So going to be bad for you, but that's good news in that it will bring me your way. I'll try and keep you safe as much as I can. I don't really have much say there, but we are probably going to be on the road down that way Tuesday. So, hey, be on the lookout. Um, also, I just want to thank you in general because, like I said, our numbers the other night were great. So I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to dive right in. But we do have a couple of interesting features of the show tonight. I'm going to let you see us do something you have no business seeing us do. It has to do with Academy. So you may think, oh, the ad read. No, not like this. You've never seen us do an ad read like this. So yes, I am hyping our ad read for tonight. One more thing you need to know, and then we're about to dive in. we got some really good questions here. I figured, since we're going to do Q&A for Late Kick Live, both episodes this week, and there's going to be a lot of college basketball on Thursday night, why not just have Late Kick Live on Tuesday night? That way, I'm not forcing you to choose. I know a lot of you love watching, well, we're watching it too, so all of us love watching March Madness. So with that in mind, since we don't really operate on any kind of schedule other than the one we make, we are moving Late Kick Live to Tuesday night. 
So we're going to do it tonight. And then in 48 hours, we're going to have another Late Kick Live. We'll still have the extra podcast. It'll just drop Friday morning instead of Wednesday morning. So there you go. Best of all worlds. All right. With that in mind, let's dive in because I, oh, I love where this mailbag is taking us tonight. I don't love where my earpiece is going, but I do love where the mailbag is taking us. Here's the question. <laughs> you just got a preview of my answer, but here's the question. <clears throat> so Michael Gold hit us up and he said, what is the single most impressive performance that you have seen in person from a player? So this eliminates a lot of stuff. I have to have witnessed this in person. This didn't take long for me. Derrick Henry, in 2015, he won the Heisman Trophy. So we all remember that. Do you remember his specific stat lines from any game? He started, I mean, he always carried the ball a lot, but as they got later in the season, they started giving the ball to Derrick Henry more and more. Jake Coker ended up turning into a lead blocker some of their games, and he was the quarterback. So they get to the end of the regular season, and I was at that Iron Bowl down in Auburn, and uh, Auburn, not a great team that year, but yet, just like this past year, they pushed Bama, so it's like a one-possession game, I think it was, late in the fourth quarter, and Derrick Henry ends up sealing it. I think we just probably showed you the touchdown if you're watching the uh, individual video here. His stat line, Derrick Henry's, for that game in the Iron Bowl, 46 carries. I just want to pause there and let that sizzle for a moment. 46 carries in a game, 271 yards, one touchdown. I think it was, yeah, 5.9 yards per attempt. So right at six yards per attempt, carried it 46 times. And the reason why I keep emphasizing that, aside from the obvious, a college football player carried it 46 times, is because I remember back in high school when he was setting all these records down at Uli, and everyone kept asking, well, first they were asking, what position is he going to play in college? That's no running back. That's a linebacker. He looks like an alien playing running back. He's 6'3", 6'4", like 250. That's not a running back. Well, uh, we solved that. We figured that out. It turns out he was pretty good at running back. He could probably do whatever he wanted to. Guy could probably play corner if he wanted to. So Derrick Henry ends up being a running back in college. Well, then you have these questions of durability. Oh, they've run a lot of the tread off his tires in high school. Irresponsible. Wag the finger at the high school coach. So, you know, he'll, he'll probably be damaged goods by the time he gets to Alabama. Nope. So then you get later in the season, and, uh, you know, they had a game, I, I want to say, I can't remember who it was, but he carried it like 38 times. And then they say, you notice how he kind of got stronger as the game went on? Nick Saban said, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. So then they get into the SEC uh, regular season finale against Auburn, also known as the Iron Bowl. He carries it 46 times. I was on the sideline, and I remember vividly, Seeing Derrick Henry in person, I had seen him in person a few times. If you've never seen Derrick Henry in person, it's the wildest thing you'll ever see. Because you're looking at him, well, you're looking up at him, and you, you know that he's a running back the entire time. You're used to seeing defensive ends look like that. Sometimes you'll see that size on an offensive tackle. They'll be a little bit, uh, shall I use this word? Yes, I shall. Girthier. But Derrick Henry looks like someone dropped him on earth from somewhere else. It doesn't look like he was made here. It looks like he was dropped here. Extremely high hips. He's very, very tall in general. He just doesn't look like anyone else. And so then you're standing on the field and you're watching him and it's just banging away, banging away, banging away. And you're looking at the scoreboard and you realize we're about to roll into the fourth quarter. He's already in like the upper 30s for carries. Who are they going to about to put in? They got to spell him, right? Nope. They just kept riding him. And he ends up with 46 carries that afternoon. But my point is, going back to the high school thing and, and in college, everyone kept talking about how he was going to wear down. Not only did he not wear down, he got stronger. I think they ran him over 40 times the next week against Florida. 
So he ran the ball over 40 times in consecutive weeks. They won the SEC championship the next week. They won this game in Auburn. They ended up winning the national championship. And then the same questions pop up. He goes to the NFL. I remember mock draft after mock draft. Henry's going to be drafted here, but the concern is how much tread is left on the tires after the way Alabama, in some cases, people said irresponsibly used him and put that workload on him. It's just never been an issue. You cannot use your previous data points and things you've learned in history and apply them to this generational freak of an athlete because he doesn't fit any of your molds. He didn't then, he didn't in high school, he doesn't now. Derrick Henry, Iron Bowl 2015, most impressive individual performance I've ever seen. We'll be very interested in the comment section to see what some of you say, because some of you have been around a long time. We got folks who watch the show that are, let me do the math, at least twice as old as me, in some cases a little bit more than that. But you guys have been blessed to see some crazy, crazy things in person. I had to limit it to what I've seen, and I saw Derrick Henry in 2015, and I think we'll go quite a while before we see anything else like that. Let's roll it on here on this Sunday evening. Now this is one where I think we can go a lot of different directions. So again, this is gonna be a comment section special. Marissa, friend of the program, asks, what are some teams that had a down year in 2021 that you think will have a comeback year in 2022? Now I circled three, but I think there are like a dozen options out there. I did not qualify Clemson as a comeback team. I think they still won 10 games last year. So I did not quite qualify Clemson is that. Texas is one of them. Texas was five and seven last year. And remember how many leads they had and they squandered them in the second half. And you know that there is a certain talent level. We always say this with Texas. It's no different now. You, you always know there's a certain talent level on the roster to where you can go in any given year and you can always say this generic sentence. If Texas gets it right, they've got enough players to do some things. So this year, if Texas gets it right, they got enough players to be way better than five and seven and way better than, you know, just flirting with, with bowl eligibility. Texas is there. I think it's going to be a really good barometer when they play Alabama. I think that's a week two game in Austin. A lot of you are dreading an 11 a.m. kickoff there, local time. I myself love it, uh, but I'm in the minority. I'm not going to talk about kickoff times right now. But after they get through that Alabama game, I want you to stop me where they're going to be an overwhelming underdog. It's not going to be against UL Monroe. It won't be against UTSA. Scrappy game there on the 17th, though. Uh, at Texas Tech, they start to get into Big 12 play. So then West Virginia comes in there. They got Red River. Iowa State comes in in the next week at Oklahoma State. There is no game, my point is, on this schedule, nor were there really last year any games where you look and say, eh, they better get the other ones. They're not going to win that one. So that lets you know Texas has either a chance or will be favored in most of their games, but that's always been the case. So we got to ask ourselves, what's going to be different about Texas this upcoming year? Don't know. That's why it's a could be instead of will be. I, I do think that there are several indicators pointing up for them. Plenty of time to talk about that. My second team is North Carolina. In fact, these next two teams I'm going to mention, the vibe that I get from these teams is maybe they're going to deliver on expectations a year after the expectations were heaped on them. This past year and in preview magazine season, if it wasn't Clemson adorning your ACC magazines, it was North Carolina. And there was good reason. I bought into it. I'm not, I'm not looking at a crowd from a distance and saying, ha ha, fools. Now I'm over there with you. I believed in them. And they went six and seven. And it wasn't because of catastrophic injury, especially at the quarterback position, like I would have sworn it had to be if you told me that they were, they were not even going to finish above 500. 
That's in the past, okay? Here's what I do know. I do know I like their coaching staff. I do know that they are now stacking multiple very solid recruiting classes on top of each other, and it's not all, it's not all cotton candy. There's a lot of line of scrimmage talent in these classes that they've signed. It's on campus. It's not like they've all left. And so even though they may be a more anonymous team to you and maybe even me this upcoming year, doesn't mean that they may not be able to do something. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They got three games in a row they're going to be favored in, although they go to App State in week two. So it's not like I'm, I'm counting that as already a penciled in W. Then they got Notre Dame coming into town and then they start conference play. And this is another schedule where you look at it and you say, um, I think that North Carolina could make an argument that they could contend in and win every game I'm looking at right now. They don't play Clemson in the regular season this year. So maybe it's North Carolina. I, I believe that out of those two quarterbacks up there that are battling, I am choosing Drake May. That's my pick to win the job. I think they're going to have a solid team. And the third team I want to point out is the Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin was one of my most disappointing teams this past year. I thought that they would – I just – when I watched Graham Mertz, their quarterback, when I watched him perform, uh, I probably felt like most Badger fans, you just didn't get what you thought you were going to get out of him. And in turn, you thought you were going to have a Big Ten contender up there that ended up not being that. Well, they still finished 9-4. and four. And I'm looking at them. And they tried desperately to get Caleb Williams out of the portal. That didn't happen. But I really wonder, you know, Graham Mertz, it feels like he's been there forever, but he's still got, I think, three years of eligibility remaining. And he's playing for a staff up there. They, they didn't wake up yesterday. Like, they know what they're doing. Developmentally, though, there's only so much you can do with a guy if it's if it just an is-who-he-is sort of situation. My point is, if we haven't reached that with Graham Mertz, if there is some development, maybe it's a between-the-ears thing, maybe it's a mechanical thing, whatever it is, they haven't exhausted the, uh, the sand and the hourglass. There's still time to get it right. And if they can get it right, they've got a shot to do exactly what North Carolina could do, deliver on expectation just one year later than we thought it was going to be delivered. So Texas, North Carolina, Wisconsin, those are three comeback teams to me in 2022. Big comeback potential. I'm going to be looking at those comments because I think we can go a number of different directions there. Some of you may think it's going to be USC. Maybe Lincoln Riley just pops one off immediately. All right, uh, this is going to be, I can't even imagine how big a disaster the comment section is going to be for this next question, but we're going here. Owen hit us up and said, no order needed here because I cannot ask you to crucify yourself publicly like that. Thank you, Owen. Therefore, he is merely asking in no particular order for me to name my top five college football traditions. So in no particular order, here we go. I've seen this one a number of times. Auburn, that eagle flight, the pregame eagle flight, is really an amazing thing to see. A lot of times I have a routine at games, and uh, I will go into the press suite area, and I won't come out after I've watched warm-ups. I won't come out until right before they kick it off uh, because I'm trying to watch other games. However, at Auburn, I make an exception because this right here is an opportunity for you to see a real life bald eagle fly down to a 50 yard line in front of you. And then here's the other bit of good slash terrifying news. They will carry those, those birds. And I use that term with a lot of reverence when I'm talking about these birds. They will carry them around the sideline so you can get pictures and stuff with them. If you've never been next to an eagle, 
if you've only seen them, you vastly underestimate how large they are, especially when they have their full wingspan on display for you. And when they flap their wings, because sometimes they get a little agitated on the sideline, like Auburn doesn't go for it on fourth and short, and they're, they're aggravated like everyone else is. When they flap their wings, it's almost like you feel a little wake come off of it. And you kind of step back. I've stepped back from those birds on more than one occasion, because they scare me. I know what they could do to me. And uh, they let that little squeal out every now and then. Those are such impressive creatures to be around. I've never gone to like Africa and gone on a safari, so I haven't been able to see lions in person. And I don't choose to go to the American zoos because I want to see them in the wild. I have, however, seen eagles, and I'm going to treat that as though they're in the wild. Because look, when they turn them loose, one of those eagles flew away one time. So, you know, they go to the 50-yard line 99% of the time. Every now and then they'll run into the plexiglass window of a suite. That happened. Or they'll just, see ya, throw up the deuces. Think that happened one time. Uh, those are incredible to see. So that's one. And then my next one, I've only been able to see this once, but it was awesome. I want to say it was like 2014 or 15. I go down to Tallahassee and Clemson's in town. That was when Deshaun Watson was still there. And they let us go out to midfield and Chief Osceola takes the flaming spear and then he just throws it down on the 50-yard line. And I was out there for that. And that's the only time I had experienced it. Now, that was awesome. And sometimes people watch this, mainly the casuals out there, and they say, I don't like this. You know, it's, it's making a mockery of the Osceola tribe. Well, uh, here's the good news on that front. The Osceola tribe endorses this. It's so awesome. They looked at it and said, yeah, we're on board with that. So, you know, everyone checks it off. Everyone's good to go with it. This is really incredible. Uh, I, I, by the way, let me always go ahead and apologize for this while we're at it. I called Doak Campbell Stadium, Doak Walker Stadium the other night. When we were self-scouting ourselves, I realized I said that. I know it's not Doak Walker Stadium. I know it's Doak Campbell. So forgive me. Do I have it? Do I have it? I don't know. I'll read the comments later. So that's my, um, not number two, but that's my second one. Number three, just got to experience this this past year. I would strongly encourage you guys, if you got a little discretionary income laying around and you're thinking, I want to take a road trip. Doesn't even have to be my team. I just want to take a road trip somewhere. Uh, the venue is Beaver Stadium. The city is, well, State College, Pennsylvania. And the event is the Whiteout. Got to experience this finally last year. It was Auburn in town. Uh, everyone was undefeated. Everyone still had all their hopes and dreams in front of them. Goose eggs in the loss column. And this is footage I actually shot if you're watching the video. This is not from the broadcast feed, man. This is from the iJosh. Uh, there's no substitute for that. That's incredible. That's, that is a spectacle, like I said, that gets as close to a pro wrestling event, which is just built to be spectacle instead of a sporting event, as anything in college athletics. You got the fireworks going off, and it's nighttime, and it's like 70 degrees outside because it was still September. Such coordination from the dress being all white, to the actual participation in the crowd involvement and whatnot, the coordination's just unmatched. And they got about 105 to 110,000 people in there to boot. So that one I got to experience this past year. Now I'm going to give you one that's the only one I have not seen in person. But Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech is such an incredible thing that I feel like I've been there. Because anytime, especially when ABC and ESPN, when they do these games, they always do a really good job of um, kind of kind of revolving their broadcast around that build-up to that entrance. And I think a lot of people who haven't been there, and they may be casual fans who mainly watch NFL, and they just kind of check out college. When they happen to see a Virginia Tech game, they say, what is this? Why are they making such a big deal about this? 
But if you'll just shut up and turn the volume up and watch, I think you'll get it. Mariano, Rivera, uh, Mariano Rivera used it as his entrance music all those years at Yankee Stadium. Loved it when he came out of the pen. Loved seeing Virginia Tech come out of the tunnel there. Uh, desperately looking to get up there. Thought I was going to be up there for week one last year. Schedule didn't work out. Looking to get up there for that. Uh, Script Ohio, the dotting of the I. You know, the reason that I thought about not putting this in is certainly not because it doesn't qualify. It's because the jerks in the marching band there. Some of them, not all of them, the ones who run the Twitter account, they started to get a little, started to get a little salty with me this past year because when I was going to go up there for the Michigan State game, I jokingly put out that even though there is a rumor, it's not true, I will not be dotting the I at Ohio Stadium this Saturday. All in good fun. Well, then the Ohio State Marching Band Twitter account has to come in and say, yeah, we, yeah, we can confirm that. It's definitely not true. Like, calm down. CYT, if you know, you know. And about five of you know what that acronym stands for. AJ, you're one of them. Jesse, you're one of them. Anyway, I can't, just because of the actions of a few, discount what is an amazing tradition. So Script Ohio, the dotting of the I. Look, maybe one day we will get the show big enough to where I can dot it. We're not there yet. I get, I get it. I get it, guys. We're not there yet. So we've got all those. Now, there's one that I did not tell Jesse or Colin that I was going to include because um, I didn't want them to aggregate video of it because we'll probably get sued and kicked off air. One of the other big traditions that I love in college football is the playing of neck at LSU. This is one of those if you know, you know situations. And if you don't know, I do not encourage you to go on to youtube.com and search LSU neck. I certainly don't want you to do that. If you do do it, I don't want you to do it with any loved ones, especially children in the room. Here's the thing. We run a family friendly show here, okay? I am usually a very reserved person. And there are lyrics in neck at LSU that you would not think I endorse. But here's the thing. I don't know how to explain it. I've been to LSU games several times. And I have witnessed the playing and singing of Neck. And it's not just college kids doing it, okay? It is uh, bankers, you know, it's bank tellers, it's grocery store clerks, uh, it's, it's Baptist preachers, and everyone in between. It's just accepted. It's one of those things that is an exception to the otherwise way that you want to carry yourself. So there is, there is a decorum that you want to have about yourself, and then there's what's acceptable to do on Saturday in Tiger Stadium. And look, Neck is one of them. I'm just letting you know, Neck is one of them. Neck is so incredible to behold. And it's so amazing to hear 90 plus thousand people chant what they're chanting in unison that I believe if we were to be wiped out as a civilization, boom, asteroid hits, we're done. And then a million years down the road, humans repopulate the earth and they uncover evidence of our civilization. I think the playing of Neck at LSU will be like dragons. We look back and we look at dragons and we think, those are mythical, right? Like There were never fire-breathing creatures. Wait, do we know if they were real or not? That's the way it's going to be with Neck. They'll uncover evidence of Neck, but then down the road a million years, people will say, there's no way that many people chanted those words in unison. Did they? Would, would that have actually happened? They'll be the shruggy emoji. Don't know, but I'm here to tell you, it does happen and it's terrifyingly glorious as is a lot of stuff you see at LSU now, now that I think of it. So those are some of my favorite traditions. I did not come close to naming all the traditions. So obviously that means I hate your program, but I would strongly encourage you get in the comment section because I, um, 
I'm trying to compile all the list of stuff I haven't seen yet, like Ralphie at, at Colorado. I gotta have a good reason to go out there, high profile game being the reason. I'd love to see Ralphie. I love Buffalo. Um, so, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that I still didn't include. Uh, any band like USC or, or Alabama, any band that plays Fleetwood Mac in any shape, form, or fashion, that automatically is one of the best traditions in college football. So, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of ways to make it on this list. Okay. Um, so I told you at the beginning of the show, we're going to do something we're not supposed to do. I, I didn't even bother to clear this with management because they would have told me don't do it. But it, it doesn't say the late kick with management. It says the late kick with Josh Pace. So we're going to take some creative liberty here. In the interest of time consolidation, we're supposed to do an Academy ad read, not for the show. We do one every show. But we've got one to do for the entire 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports Podcasting Network. And they're going to take what I'm about to do and they're going to put it all over the place. Here's the thing. We actually have copy to read. You know, this is, this is the old school kind of way, even though it's handwritten. So in order to save time, what I'm going to do is just I'm going to record this live right now. It's going to sound a little different than normal. And I'm going to use the fake announcer voice. So you're just going to have to bear with me. Uh, but this will serve as our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors Ad Read for Late Kick Live tonight. Go there. Please go there. Anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Spring is here and Academy Sports and Outdoors is the place to go for all your outdoor essentials. Running gear, Academy has it all from Nike to Under Armour and more. What about grills? Well, if they make it, Academy has it. Oklahoma Joe, Traeger, Pit Boss, Weber, and Charbroil. Academy is also your one-stop shop for patio furniture, plus coolers, sports gear, and much, much more. Gear up for spring at Academy Sports and Outdoors and Academy.com today. The end. So there you go. That's, uh, that's how you record an ad read, folks. Now we move on in the show and uh, make sure that you know Academy Sports and Outdoors, it actually is the place to be. I'm not just saying it because it says it on the sheet of paper in front of me. But I'm glad we did that to where there was no option to go back if we screwed it up. I actually, I actually prefer it. It's kind of like college football. There was no safety net under us there. We had to nail it in one try. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How about this question as we continue here tonight from Hugh? Of all the new coaching hires this year, Hugh asks, which one is the most surprising fit to you? So my answers here coincided with just the biggest surprises to me in general. I don't have a problem with the fit of the two guys I'm about to read off. These are just the two hires that made me go, what? The first one's Lincoln Riley by a mile. This one shocked everyone. This one shocked people at USC. You know, I, I remember back in real time, Remember what the talk was. The talk was Dave Aranda, is he going to leave Baylor for USC? If he doesn't, remember what the backup option was? It was Matt Campbell at Iowa State. And all the while, Lincoln Riley is either not leaving Oklahoma, or if he does, we're hearing LSU whispers, and we, we stay kind of quiet on Lake Kick because there was really nothing solid that was coming out of anyone's mouth. Well, that's because it was being worked out behind the scenes, as good negotiations often are. But when Lincoln Riley got hired, I, I was floored like everyone else was. And that's what I'll remember about it. It's not about fit. In fact, the way it's played out, if I were to have left five years ago and just I came back and I saw Lincoln Riley's at USC, but I didn't know how long he had been there, I'd probably think it feels like he fits better there than Oklahoma. I guarantee Oklahoma folks will tell you right now, uh, we think Brent Venables feels like he fits here better than Lincoln did. So, hey, we'll take it, blah, blah, blah whether that is scorned lover syndrome or they genuinely believe it or maybe a mixture of both, that's an individual decision, choice. You feel how you feel. But as for me, I feel like Lincoln Riley was one of the bigger shockers that I personally have witnessed in quite a while. And so I'll remember that for a while. I think they'll be talking about that one for quite a while. I'll tell you another one, and that's Brian Kelly. And again, a lot of people are going back and they're talking about fit. In the question, it was about fit. You know me. I'm not a big um, doubter about the fit of Brian Kelly, but it's because, as I've explained before, and I'm not going to do again at great length, I do not care about your accent. I don't care about all this nonsense that people were throwing around about how he, he hasn't recruited the South. He doesn't know the names of the towns down here. He doesn't know the high school coaches. Uh, he's, he's not from down here. Okay. Well, all, all you did so far is describe Nick Saban to me when he came from Michigan State to LSU. So that alone is not some barrier from being able to succeed. What I did not just do, to be clear before you run to the message board, is compare Brian Kelly to Nick Saban. That's not what I did. I used an example from the past that indicates just because you come from somewhere outside of the state of Louisiana doesn't mean you can't eventually fit there because fit is about winning at LSU. That's what it's about. And so now we fast forward, think about this, even just a couple of months from all that stuff, it already feels better. Like they've already down in Louisiana had some of their doubts concern, or, and concerns eased. Well, now it comes time to tee it up for spring and ultimately they'll play football this fall. Point is, I don't doubt the fit. I don't doubt that he'll succeed there. But it did surprise me when he went only because I thought we had gotten probably one or two years past the point where Brian Kelly was willing to leave. So the biggest surprises to me were the two most high profile moves. Like I, I was not surprised that Billy Napier went to Florida. Once they made a move from Dan Mullen, I would have been surprised if Napier didn't go to Florida, but Lincoln Riley to USC. Yes. 
Uh, LSU, Brian Kelly, yes, those were two huge surprises to me. Next question, let's talk some recruiting here. Appreciate you guys being tuned in, by the way. Coach Medina asked, how has the year-round cycle of recruiting changed the sport? There are three big bullet points here that you hear very often from coaching staffs. The first one usually is the same when you change anything about college football. The bigger the staff, the more advantage you have. So now, with the way the recruiting calendar has changed, and also when you have the early signing day, and even more so if they move the signing day up, you got to be on kids earlier, obviously. And, um, you know, when Matt Luke just stepped down from Georgia, one of the things he cited publicly, he, he's on the record as saying this, was it's just tough. It's, it's tough doing our job these days. We get paid a lot of money, but it's tough. You're recruiting four classes at the same time now. Now, the fortunate aspect, if you're a Georgia fan, is your staff is big enough where you can do it. Doesn't make it easier. But think about having a smaller staff. Thinking about having uh, like 50%, 30%, a quarter of the staff that some of the biggest programs do, but you're still on the same calendar and you're playing the same sport and you're expected to compete with them. That's, that's the illusion that we try and maintain of all 130 FBS teams playing the same sport, which is ridiculous, but if anyone wants to entertain that, okay, let's walk that through. How am I supposed to compete with that? The answer is I don't. So the first bullet point is that year-round uh, nature of the recruiting calendar now, it greatly benefits the big-time programs because they have more manpower to attack more of the 2024, 2025 kids. And if that sounds like a long way down the road, it's not. It's not. 2024 and 25 kids are on campus every weekend right now. Before spring, when they're doing camps and whatnot, they're on campus right now. Uh, the second thing is burnout. Go back to Matt Luke for a second. Matt Luke, uh, uh, a perfectly good offensive line coach, former head coach at Ole Miss, who was at Georgia. They just won the national championship. He stepped down off Kirby Smart's staff. The same Kirby Smart that after winning the national championship in Indianapolis back in January, sat down with ESPN's Reese Davis the next day and did not look very happy. He didn't look jubilant. He had bloodshot eyes, of course, but he said, among many things he said, was, I'm worried about the future of the sport. I don't like the direction of the sport right now. And when pressed for why he felt that way, he said, we've got an unsustainable trajectory. Our model right now, the year-round nature of it is such that guys can't handle it. They are burning out. They're either choosing to go to the NFL because it's easier at the pro level than it is the college level, which is ludicrous, or they're just leaving the game entirely. And what you used to see is you would see guys step down, seemingly, and say, I need to spend more time with my family. I just need to step aside from my mental health. And that used to be code. And whether it was true or not, you used to take that as, okay, he did something wrong. There's some kind of scandal. And they're just letting him be able to step aside under these auspices so he's not embarrassed. But you used to always think, as did I, if a guy says, I'm stepping away to spend more time with my family, that means he either got fired and he's being allowed to gracefully exit or there's scandal and he's being allowed to gracefully exit. That's not the case all the time anymore. Matt Luke stepped down and he said, I got to go spend more time with my family. That's exactly what he's doing. There was, there was nothing behind the scenes. And I think, because he said so, that this calendar and the way it's structured now had a lot to do with that. There are two schools of thought out there. I am very much of the let's address this right now before we lose more good people. And then there's another school of thought, which I think is just, 
it's very short-sighted and ignorant is the word I want to use, where people say, well, you make millions of dollars a year, deal with it. Okay, my retort with that is I could pay you $15 billion a year. You have no ability to put a 25th hour in a day. It doesn't matter how much I pay you. There, there's a maximum efficiency level that one is capable of operating at. And at some point when they reach, when they redline, you know, when the needle's all the way over in the red, doesn't matter. You don't pay them more and then the needle all of a sudden calibrates back to an acceptable level. You just, you're capable of dealing with what you're capable of dealing with. So you can either run around and, and, and yell, well, you make a lot of money. So, so you, you're immune from those issues once you make a lot of money, deal with it. Or you can be a realist and say, uh, money's probably not the determining factor here. Probably something else in play. It's the calendar. The third thing, by the way, is they restructure the organization. The year-round nature of recruiting, and I think the transfer portal too, has led to restructuring of college football organizations. You're seeing people get hired now at the college level that in the past would have been much better fit for an NFL scouting department. And the reason is because you have to scout college now in college. It used to be just high school kids. But now you have to scout the teams around you, the sport around you, because the transfer portal is going to be full every year. And you don't need to be looking into a kid once he enters the portal. You need to already know about him. And you need to also, aside from having a scouting report on him and knowing his physical traits and characteristics, you need to know his background. You need to know points of contact. You need to know, um, you need to know a neck up report, if you will, like a character report. You need all those things. So it, it makes you hire different kind of people or it makes you add on uh, to the personnel that you have already on your staff. So bigger staffs, they will always benefit no matter what the change is in college football. Burnout is an issue and restructuring of your organization, I think is uh, something else that's come out of this. All right, let's move it on here. Uh, this one is so easy. It was so easy for, it was easy for me, I guess. Thad asked, we have lost several great rivalries due to conference realignment. As the commissioner of college football, which rivalries would you bring back? Now, this assumes, and I do too, that I will have ultimate power just with the swipe of a pen via executive order, which is all the rage these days. I am going to bring back Texas versus Texas A&M. Now, it's probably not going to require me to take such drastic action because they are, they being Texas, joining the SEC in the very near future. TBD exactly when, and this will be a game that's played again. Uh, but I'd like to see it played now. So, you know, in my perfect world, I would see it played now. Could you imagine this happening now? I mean, they've, they've not played for several years, but they used to play all the time. Imagine rivalry weekend right now. Imagine what these two programs are, uh, Texas A&M football has never had a higher profile in your lifetime, chances are. Texas football is always in a, a varying state of what if or is Texas back. Uh, but but the, the high profile nature of this rivalry thrown into that Thanksgiving weekend along with Ohio State, Michigan, along with, you know, uh, Alabama, Auburn, along with all the big rivalries you already watch at the end of the year. Now imagine throwing that in there. Right now we got A&M LSU, which isn't half bad. But imagine if it were A&M versus Texas. In the future, guys, that's going to be a conference game, not just a, an out-of-conference rivalry deal. It's going to be a conference game again. That's the one I would bring back. There are a lot of other ones. That was a big hiccup I just uh, suppressed there. There are a lot of other ones, uh, but I think that this one is one that would go from having been played once upon a time with a lot of regional appeal to if and when it gets brought back next time, it's going to have a lot more national appeal. 
I think really the future of the Texas versus Texas A&M rivalry is one where the stakes are going to annually or regularly at least be to the point where over time it starts comparing to the other big names. You do not develop the reputation of a rivalry as national overnight. College football, nothing happens overnight in terms of reshaping the tradition and lineage of the sport. But if something is going to change and work its way into that conversation, I think it is Texas versus Texas A&M. Uh, so a couple of things I want to do, and then I want to show you something before we head out tonight. I need you to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. The only favor we're asking is subscribe to the channel. They're watching us in Tampa. They're watching us in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, Durham, North Carolina. Appreciate you guys wherever you're watching or listening. Podcast, subscribe. YouTube, subscribe. Those are big helps to us this time of year. Uh, second thing, make sure you're following on Twitter and Instagram, at LateKickJosh. And then the third thing is this. Let me crack the knuckles. Okay, one cracked. It's good enough. Here's a new hard and fast rule on this show. If you put us in your hype video, we are showing the hype video on Late Kick. And let me show you what I mean. Miami put out a spring hype video about, what would you say, guys, about an hour ago. And so we had just enough time to cut it up and put it in the show. So you know what we're going to do to end the show? We're going to roll the hype video. Let's take a look at it. For the first time, Miami got aggressive about going after who they wanted. The ballers down in South Florida, if they stay in Miami and that becomes a whole thing again, I want to ask you this. When's the last time you watched any staff get put together in the ACC and it made you go, whoa, this dude? That's the new rule. We need some new rules around here. You put us in your hype video. Miami Hurricane Football just showed you. You put us in the hype video. We're putting you on the show. And we may even play favorites a time or two. South Carolina the other day put us in our hype video. This just happened and we just made the new rule. So from this point, henceforth, you know how rarely I use that word. If we're in the hype video, you're on the show. Thank you to Miami. Thank you to Director Colin. Thank you to Producer Jesse. Thank you to our production executives and everyone out there listening and watching. Have yourselves a great start to your week. Until next time, Tuesday night. Make sure you're tuned in. Have a great week. God bless. here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 